0: Hello, and welcome to Madman's Knowledge, a podcast where we answer questions no one is asking and argue about things no one cares about in order to grant you insight. Insight as to what? We don't know, but here we are. We're your hosts, the Madman in question, Griffin and Hain, and our topic of discussion today is villains, but not just any villains, uh, reasonable villains. We are looking at which villains have the most reasonable motivations. Who boy, Hane? If you were worried about nuclear energy being a hot-button political topic, political topic, my villain is literally named Anarchy. Um,
1: wow, I don't know where this is going. I bet he's
0: a totalitarianist. I, I agree. I I think that is probable. But let's uh let's go ahead and and describe. Um, I'll start since I've already revealed who mine is. Uh Minus Anarchy. Anarchy is from the DC universe. Um but more specifically, the incarnation that I'm talking about today is in Arkham Origins. The first thing you need to know is that Anarchy is voiced by Matt Mercer, which immediately makes him more believable and reasonable. Just because obviously these are villains, so we don't condone their actions, but we're just we're just saying the causes for those actions are are reasonable anarchy is surprise surprise anarchy is an anarchist he was originally written by an anti-authoritarian author um back in his comic book days and back then he was a little bit more things were less nuanced back then um yeah so he was kind of black and white um now he's delving a little bit into some sort of anti-hero nonsense um Which, uh, you know, obviously is going to be a huge thing uh, with this episode. Anti-heroes are huge now because people just like having slightly immoral people who do the right thing. uh, Whatever the cost is. Anyway, the point being, Anarchy is an anarchist. He really hates the government. The government's corrupt. The government's corrupt.
1: Open your third eye. Open your third eye. He's got a
0: hand on his gat. He (laughs) is seeking to eliminate... He's seeking to eliminate corruption. Um, and the way he does this is actually kind of freaking brilliant. Anarchy recruits the city's homeless population, which is just ingenious because it's Arkham City. It's supposed to be New York, effectively. It's a mm-hmm. massive, big city. There's a huge homeless population. Um, crime is pretty rampant. The crime rate's huge. But Anarchy recruits the city's homeless by just, like, helping them and 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 saying, like, hey, I'm actually going to do something about the sources of corruption. Because of this, the homeless population of the city is, like, fanatically loyal to him. Um, like, they're just willing to die for his cause. Um, which creates a massive problem for Batman. Because he has to run around beating up random homeless people who just want a chance at a better life
1: man that must be really hard for the batman
0: yeah well okay i batman is one of my favorite heroes he might be my favorite hero hands down but he's he's an amazing hero and i think he's there's a lot of playing with morals um obviously because of his you know no killing policy um but anyway i'm getting sidetracked the plot in arkham is that he's got the city's homeless he contacts batman he says he's got he's got, Commissioner Gordon. no, he's got bombs. He has three bombs in Gotham where corruption is at its highest. And he gives Batman this choice. Like, he's like, hey, it's up to you. You can let them explode and no one will blame you for it. And in fact, it'll be benefited. And Anarchy is, you know, he's voiced by Matt Mercer. He's this very charismatic speaker. um, And he makes excellent points um, where he talks about you know he talks about his vigilanteism and how he's he's kind of similar to Batman but anyway the the first bomb is at the bank the bank owner is embezzling and uh and denying loans anarchy actually sends a man to sit, to tell Batman where the second bomb is um because anarchy is so confident that he can like get Batman's goat here uh it's at the casino the casino's crooked um, and so he sent somebody to tell Batman that it was at the casino because he thought that Batman would just be like, eh, probably like just too corrupt to save. The third bomb, it's obviously at the police station. Of course, it's mm-hmm. the police station. It's You want to talk about the corruption and anti-authoritarianism, that's where he's going to go. But anyway, Batman defuses all three bombs, much to Anarchy's surprise. But then Anarchy invites him to the courthouse. Uh, and Anarchy actually suggests that they team up. And he goes into this, it, it's difficult to call it a monologue, but he is, because again, he's, the point of this is he's reasonable. He compares himself to Batman. He says, hey, how are you any different from me? You're going through the city taking out corruption with no regard for the law. Like, how? how can you claim to be more innocent than me i'm just doing it more efficiently um and he's suggesting that they team up batman kind of kind of just dismisses the the fact that they are undeniably pretty freaking similar um and he just sort of go home buddies him but he's also you know he's he's got a fair point anarchy killed a couple innocent people anarchy is basically he says that everybody's complicit you know you're not part of the problem you're part of the solution Uh, And then, you know, he he rants. And then he says that Batman is the source of the problem in Gotham. Because he keeps bringing high-profile villains to challenge him. Which is really where the reasonableness comes in. Um, Anarchy's just got three very reasonable points. Um, Mm -hmm. The first being that... Gotham is corrupt and beyond saving. The second being that uh, he and Batman are not that different. And the third being that, you know, Batman's kind of at fault for the fact that all of these frickin' supervillains keep showing up. Uh, Batman sort of brushes him off, which is kind of significant, because, you know, to me, that that kind of demonstrates how reasonable he was, is that he can't... Batman yeah I mean Batman's not chatty but but he's an intelligent person who will you know usually he he talks down the the villain and he's like, no, I'll never join you your morals are are shot and you're you're you you're doing something that's super super bad Batman doesn't do that to anarchy he just kind of shuts him down is he's just like you killed innocent people. I'm done with you um and then he beats the crap out of everybody that he's with, and then he beats the crap out of him. That's the way it runs. I I think he's just... I think he's overlooked because because he's so polarizing. You know, he's, he's an anarchist. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's difficult to get on board with that. Given the fact that he never really implements or pushes his political agenda, he basically... All he wants is to root out corruption and sort of, you know, implement better systems to deal with the corruption in Gotham. That's where he can be seen as reasonable uh, and not just some crazy anarchist that Batman has to beat the crap out of.
1: Yeah. Well, I was going to say, the fact that they just sort of, like, they don't, Batman doesn't respond or comment on the fact indicates to me that, like, he is correct in that they're very similar because they're both vigilantes trying to do what's best in their mind to improve gotham the fact that anarchy accidentally or intentionally killed a few innocents you know as collateral damage and because of that he's completely invalid 100 i think is kind of one of the worst parts of superhero tropes um because in my mind I think yes you should strive for zero innocent casualties but you know in some cases you can't like you can't control that I think that your goal should always be to minimize the number of lives lost but you can't put the number like I don't think that putting the num. if your two options are zero innocent lives lost but the bad guy gets away And then potentially hurts more people in the future versus one innocent will die, but the criminal will be stopped and cannot go forward and harm more people in the future, potentially or otherwise. I feel like in some cases you need to take that trade. And in this instance, that's like something that frustrates me because like anarchy kind of has a point. And some of the Batman stories, I think he does talk about, uh, like, battling corruption within Gotham. But the fact that he's not willing to help this person or even, like, try to reform him, essentially. Oh,
0: yeah. Like, that's that's even more interesting. Um, It's revealed later in the story that Anarchy is a teenager. Interesting. Which is compelling because... You know, that sort of adds the gravitas to the fact that Batman's just dismissing him. Um, Mm -hmm. It is very much like a
1: go-home buddy. Exactly.
0: At the point where a disillusioned youth is, like, planting bombs to root out corruption, like, maybe you might want to think about some sort of action. Because, again, at the end of the day, um, his followers are really really loyal to him he 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 calls himself the voice of the people um and the game sort of like slights him for that like they say he's the self-proclaimed voice of the people but he's got a ton of like very disillusioned youths and the entire homeless population like are very loyal to him because they just see the same things that he does and they, you know, they believe that he's going to make them better because he's going to take direct action. Obviously, it's not moral, but you know, rooting out the corruption by just killing the people who are corrupt is like efficient. Obviously, yeah. it's not. You can't condone it. Uh, and I'm not trying to say that he is like he is I'm not, right in everything. I'm every not
1: advocating. Regard. Yeah, we're not advocating for political violence here. Ladies no and gentlemen it's but
0: we are saying that his motivation behind it and the fact that he has so many people behind him make it difficult to just simply ignore his point
1: yes that's my i agree that's that's a pretty good take my character my villain is mr rabbit from the tv show utopia and I only recently found out about this show. It's only available in the UK, and there's only two seasons of it. And I'm not going to explain the plot because it is a mystery slash conspiracy thriller. Um, So if you are interested in watching the show, I wouldn't recommend listening to this following section. But essentially, the plot or the goal of Mr. Rabbit is to sterilize like seven-eighths of the world population so like 87.5 percent of the world is going to be uh, sterilized and the way that they're going to achieve that is by giving them a vaccine which they're the way that they're doing it is by releasing a virus which is very deadly and then using the vaccine that they produce also introduce this like chemical agent which sterilizes people and this show came out many years before the covid pandemic so it is a little unfortunate that i'm watching it when i am and also this is a completely fictional show uh anybody here that's like into those tinfoil hat theories no that's just not this is this isn't realistic okay just don't don't do that don't take this is like a oh look at what the government can do anyway point being um the whole goal is to sterilize the world population so that we don't overpopulate and the argument behind that is essentially that when resources become scarce humans are inherently selfish creatures and so we will do whatever we can to ensure our own safety, even if that comes at the expense of others. And so thing is that they're kind of right because you saw, I mean, I'm sure everybody saw how, like at the beginning of this pandemic and uh, COVID, you know, we had everybody's making runs on toilet paper and hand sanitizer and all of these things. Like people are taking massive excesses to try and stockpile so that they always have access to this material. And that as a result means that other people don't have it. And when we get, and you know, there's also the potential threat in the future of water being an extremely scarce resource that there might be wars fought over. Um, You know, that, it's not unreasonable to say that humans are an inherently selfish species and that we're going to, you know, do these things that are going to forsake others, for of ourselves. So I kind of make sense. And it's very similar to the Thanos argument and... To make a long tangent short, Thanos is kind of stupid, and it's for the very similar reason that I'm going to get into with this guy. The idea that there's only a finite amount of resources, and therefore we have to reduce the population to uh, prevent conflict over those resources, that makes sense, but I don't condone the way that Thanos... I don't like the way that Thanos does it, because eliminating half of life, just like Making them cease to exist or killing off people in like a culling, you know, that's that's a problem. Don't kill people. But I think that sterilizing them is a better method because it's not going to directly harm anybody that, like, it's not going to directly harm anybody and it's just going to slow down our growth. The problem with this method, and the problem with Thanos' method, is that the population's still going to grow again eventually, and so you'd need a second wave of culling. And in Thanos' case, he destroyed the only object that allowed him to cull, so in the next thousand years or so, when, you know, they need Thanos too, it's not possible because he destroyed all the Infinity Stones. The thing about Mr. Rabbit's plan of sterilizing people it's a slower process because it doesn't stop anybody who's been born from living, but it does create a generational gap. And it's, I don't know how that would impact our world, essentially having that massive gap in people. And the other thing is that the methods that they use to uh, do this, I also have problems with because they're brainwashing and um, indoctrinating people into this essentially cult. To, of fanatics to carry out these orders, and it's not people necessarily willingly doing it, and you're also unwi- like you're un- forcing other people to participate in this experiment unknowingly and unwillingly, and I think that that's also a problem. You can make an argument that the ends justify the means, but I don't believe that this is like... when When the entire world is involved, I don't think that any one man has the right to Make that decision.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think you know the comparison with Thanos is interesting because this is much more intelligent than Thanos's plan. Thanos's yeah. plan is just to wipe out half of life, and you know the people who are left are always going to remember. And Thanos realizes that near the end of Endgame, because for some reason he overlooked the fact that people care about the people who were taken from them. And also there's a freaking squad of super geniuses that are like trying to get them back. Um, so, you know, they're gonna figure out a way, but you know, it's, it's just more subtle and it's just clever. Um, it's very clever. The way it's implemented is, you know, it's nefarious. It's devious. It's, it's very smart and and very subtle.
1: That's why I, this person's obviously a villain, um, But I give them the title of the most reasonable villain I know of because I have the initial reaction of like if you explain this plan to me, it's the initial reaction of, oh, my God, that's terrible. You can't. Why would you do that? But, you know, as you explain the reasoning, it's like, okay, I understand why you want to do it, but it doesn't it at that point, it becomes a little bit easier to justify why you would take these actions and why you would do this because you have because i think that at some point you know people aren't going to you can't give everybody the choice to you know make a choice to preserve future humanity for the sake of current humanity as is evidenced by, you know, the climate crisis and Hmm. the whole anti-masking thing. You know, because if people are saying, like, it's my individual right to live as I want, even if that damns others, then, yeah, I can see how you'd want to force people or trick people into going along with your plan for the betterment of future humanity. But I don't think that that's... It doesn't...
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a a villain because of execution. The way that he goes about oh, the resources are limited. He doesn't go about like, oh, let's budget the resources. Let's think about something else. No, he just goes straight to... The nuclear option. Yeah, the nuclear option, which is, you know, very clearly evil.
1: The other thing about it is that... And the other reason that I say I don't think any one man has the right to make that decision is because humans are, are... Every single one of us has biases, whether we want to admit it or not. And even if you're like a very self-aware person and you're aware of your biases, there are things that you can't control that are going to influence your decision. And so if you want to say, if you wanted to only impact certain people, well, then you now have, you're going to favor whatever your own race is or something along those lines. And that then becomes its own problem of getting into other moral issues of, you know, like social darwinism and shit like that yeah how do
0: you choose who's gonna be the one-eighth of the population who is not sterile
1: yeah anyway it is utopia overall is a great show highly recommend watching it um i've explained the plot of the show like the the main conspiracy of the show but i think that it's still worth watching even if you've gone through this um absolutely excellent
0: yeah, so I but think anyway. I think that uh I think that's interesting that we sort of we chose two villains with reasonable motivations, but the problems with them, the reason they're villains is because of the execution. Um mm-hmm. because they go for the nuclear option of, oh, bomb the three places that are the most corrupt or Make sure only one-eighth of the population can produce. Your guy is, I think, more of a villain than Anarchy.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Anarchy's kind of an 18-year-old with some strange, with a strange amount of resources. But he is, like, he's not nefarious, you know? He's pretty straight <laughs> up. Uh, and that's why I yeah. sort of, you know, he flirts with the line of anti-hero. Because he's, he's willing to do a lot. The, the the argument that Batman gives that he kills innocent people is pretty you know it it's problematic because his return fire is that you know anyone that thrives in this system um where you know you've got this huge percentage of people who are just suffering anyone who anyone who thrives in that system is complicit in the suffering of those less fortunate, uh, and he's not wrong. I mean, it, it's difficult to say that you know the the bankers who allow uh, the embezzlement to happen deserve to continue in that system. And it's something that's never really addressed. It Gotham just kind of keeps going on the way it is, and Batman just keeps walking around beating up guys. Uh, without any thought for ideology and I get that like dissect the corruption in the government is not the most exciting video game but I still think it's an interesting sort of moral element to include in the game that wasn't ever addressed or utilized it was it was just kind of there and they were like hey look at this thing and then wiped it out
1: so I think we've both discussed what we think the most reasonable are, and I would say that Anarchy gets more reasonable points uh, because he's not as extreme uh, than Mr. As Mr. Rabbit. In doing research for this episode, I was looking at some of the. Mr. Rabbit was my initial thought, but I wanted to look at some other characters to see if there's somebody I just couldn't think of.
0: Oh, some runner-ups. Um, so-
1: yeah, so I was looking at, uh, like, websites who have, like, posted articles of, like, 20 times the villain was right, blah, blah, blah. And one of them uh, was Syndrome, and... Really? I have to, Yeah, I have to disagree. Syndrome
0: murdered a crap ton of superheroes.
1: I was gonna say, like, Sin... Okay, so they said that Syndrome and the villain from Incredibles 2, I think the screen slaver, I think that both of them are wrong and it's like you also can argue th-
0: they're both wrong and also they're both evil
1: yeah it's not like it, the quote that comes to mind is like in doom you know dr samuel hayden says it's like i'm not the villain of the story i do what i do because i must like that's not the case with syndrome or the Screenslaver. they're doing those things because they have a personal vendetta that they are pursuing and disguising it as peace or greater good.
0: Anyway. I'm going to give my runner-up because I had a very difficult time deciding here. Um, Yes, who was your runner-up? I didn't really have a runner-up, honestly. My runner-up was Marlene from The Last of Us. Ah. If you were unfamiliar with the plot of The Last of Us uh, or the plot of I Am Legend... They're basically the same. There is an outbreak of a... It's hard to call it a zombie virus. Um, yeah, but in the it's last a zombie a, virus, essentially. It, it's a zombie virus, but it turns people into weird... Like, mushroom... Fungus zombies? It becomes clear at one point in the story that... A little girl, Ellie... Who is being protected by uh, an old man... Not an old man... There's sort of a Logan dynamic going on where it's like an older mm-hmm. an older man uh Joel has lost his daughter. His daughter died in the in the beginning of the zombie virus. He finds Ellie uh and decides to take care of her. At some point they join up with like a survivors faction uh and it comes to light that Ellie is immune and Marlene, the leader of said survivors faction, wants to kill Ellie wants to wants to kill Ellie because she thinks that they can make a cure out of her. They can figure out what's going on and they don't think they can do it with while alive. Um So they eventually do take Ellie away and begin this process. Joel wakes up and just murders everyone. He just kills everyone. No one, no one really says that Joel is the good guy of the last of us, but he is the character that you play as. Uh, And Marlene is painted as the villain um, because she wants to kill Ellie. Uh, At the end of the game, like, it's sort of, it's unfortunate because Ellie asks some tough questions at the end of the game to Joel about, like, kind of what happened. um, And Joel just kind of refuses to answer, which again is, you know, indicative of the fact that Marlene is pretty reasonable here. Uh, And this is when you get into the trolley problem. If you kill one little girl, but it saves the entire population of Earth from dealing with a fungal zombie virus, I kind of feel like you have a moral responsibility to do that.
1: Yeah. But that's also behaving rationally, and Joel is not a rational person.
0: No, he is, yeah. Yeah he is he is very it just kind of gets my goat you know at the end there mm-hmm. where it's it is the very end of the game and its the dramatic climax is you've been working together and sort of surviving with Ellie and just at the end of the game Joel just flips and he just murders everyone
1: it's okay in Joel's defense the The way that it's set up is that he loses his daughter and then Ellie becomes the surrogate daughter, essentially. And so when faced with the realization that he's going to lose his second surrogate daughter, he goes very John Wick on the people. And as Griffin is saying, you know, like, there is... You know, that's... I, I wouldn't say that Joel's a good person. Like, that... Those actions, I think are entirely they're entirely selfish and but also I can't fault Joel for for that because I don't think that many people have the strength to turn away and just you know let their daughter die.
0: Yeah, I mean I kind of feel like Ellie is... well. Well, so again, it's where it gets problematic at the end of the game. Ellie doesn't know. Ellie knows she's immune. She doesn't know why, and it's the thing that they remove from her to that is making her immune will kill her if they remove it. So it's like, I don't know about you, but if I had a thing in my head that had the potential to end a zombie virus, I'd be like, yes, kill me and save every other human on Earth. Um, yeah,
1: I'd be the same way.
0: But interestingly, Ellie is not given that choice. Yeah. She gets and I think that that's mm-hmm. she gets okay. they they uh give her anesthetic and tell her that it's just like a normal medical thing. Um uh, and so she's asleep the whole time Joel is on his murder rampage. Um and then she wakes up and she asks why they're not with the other people. Um you know, the other people that Joel has murdered uh and he just says like oh we're not with them anymore or like we we don't want to be with them anymore, but like, just completely covering up and not even giving her the option of like sacrificing herself to save all of humanity.
1: Yeah, but also that group didn't give her the option to make that choice either.
0: Yes, which is why it's easier to justify. So I think yeah. that is a compelling, you know, it's it's a pretty. That's significant the moral point.
1: ambiguity that. That's the moral ambiguity that we like in media. Yeah, I don't like. It's very boring when the moral ambiguity is like, a l- more along the lines of like, ho ho he he, I'm going to be evil, uh, but I have tragic backstory, therefore that's why. Like Care- like what they did in the new Corella movie that came out. It's like Corella Deville, originally just a straight up shit insane, evil woman who just wants to kill puppies, uh, and then in the new live action movie they've released recently. It's like, the reason that she has a vendetta against the puppies is because the puppies killed her mother. Yeah, And it's just like... It's that, so
0: freaking funny.
1: It's so stupid. It's like, my father was killed in a car accident. Therefore, I have a vendetta against all cars.
0: It's dumb. And I, I'm not a huge fan of that. I get that they wanted to make money and it's a compelling character, but... The way that they did it is so laugh-out-loud ridiculous. It just makes me angry, you know? I'm
1: also going to say, I like, you know, as good as nuanced and, like, ambiguous villains are... Oh, actually, I remember who my runner-up was. I think my runner-up was um, Genichiro from Sekiro. And I'm not going to tell you the full plot of the game because I want you to play it and I think you'll enjoy it. But pretty much, Genichiro is a person who is doing everything that he possibly can to save his country that comes at the cost uh well essentially he's trying to sacrifice everything um to reach that end and the player character sekiro is stopping him but only because genitro has had to it's kind of like the ellie situation where one of the side character like the supporting character for the protagonist is in a very important position and like has a special power that other people want but in sekiro the person is actively resisting and therefore you're having to rescue them from this person mhm i it's really hard for me to explain why i think he's a, a understandable villain without explaining the plot
0: yeah without spoiling literally everything
1: yeah so i'm just gonna say i think he's also pretty good um but what i was gonna say before i remembered that is um i think that it's good to have nuanced and fun villains um not fun sorry nuanced and like ambiguous villains that kind of fill a gray space and you could say like oh that kind of makes sense but also Don't make every single villain like that.
0: Yes, that's the way that it is right now, and it's frustrating. So,
1: yeah. Like, can we just have, like, a Joker that's just, hoo-hoo-hee-hoo, I'm just a funny little funky crime man. Can we just have crime Frankenstein? I know. You know? It's, the goal... Not everything has to be deep.
0: You can have a well-written villain who does not have relatable motives. You can have a... It's just a guy who's goddamn evil. And people will love him for it. Like... I was gonna all, say. That's an evil guy, but he's so cool uh, in his evilness that he's a fantastic villain. Gaston. Gaston, yes. Rotten right to the core. Love him to death. Because he's interesting.
1: He's interesting, not because he's ambiguous, but just because he's an interesting
0: character. He's an interesting character who is irredeemable. He's jealous, he's blunt, he's stupid, he's sexist. And just all around not a great guy. But he's got an absolutely fucking cool song. <laughs> His song is a straight up banger. And so nobody cares that he doesn't have like, oh, he has a dark past. His parents were killed by things that kind of were hairy. It, it It's frustrating nowadays that people think that the only way that you can have a well-written villain is to have them be relatable.
1: I think that that's also why part of the reason why the 2018 Grinch is such a shit movie.
0: Oh my god, yes, because anyway. it it just makes it a funny little green guy, hoo hoo hee hee I'm just gonna evil. St-
1: I don't know if I've talked about the, this with you uh, or if we want to save this for another episode, but like. I feel like movies nowadays fall into two categories either one they're trying to make as much money as humanly possible or they're trying to become like the next big masterpiece that like revolutionizes cinema and there's just not enough movies that are just like I'm gonna make something that's stupid but you're gonna sit down you're gonna watch the whole thing you're gonna go that was a really fun time and fucking treasure planet man treasure planet is a great fucking movie because it's just you sit down and you watch it uh, the Lego movie is another great example like that is a fantastic film yes it has some messages but they're not incredibly deep and it's not like an artistic masterpiece where it's like oh uh, you have to like you know be an art history major or something like you can just sit down and watch this just ridiculousness have a good time
0: and yeah the thing bringing it back to Grinch because I think Grinch is actually a really good. A dichotomy because you can take a look at what the Grinch used to be and look at what they made him and be like, ah, yes, film conventions have changed. The old Grinch has a better character than the 2018 Grinch. Like the the 1966 Grinch has a more compelling and fleshed out character than the 2018 Grinch. And it's just because they can't pick an angle.
1: Yes. The Jim Carrey Grinch is even better, in my opinion, than 2018.
0: I think it is a better character. I think that yes. it is a better character than the 1966 Grinch because it isn't a full movie. No no, 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 no. Give... Sorry, I'm,
1: compar- I'm comparing Jim Carrey to
0: 2018. Ah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that Jim Carrey Grinch is better than the 1966 Grinch because it is a good character that is fully fleshed out in a feature-length film. Mm-hmm. The normal Grinch gets 20 minutes to his name. Um, anyway. A, a, an example of... What I believe to be a very well-written, morally ambiguous villain uh, in a recent film is in Shang-Chi, his father is uh, motivated by trying to bring his mother back. Um, So he's motivated by despair and he's trying to, he, he ignores all the signs that he's being manipulated out of love. Um, And then at the end, he has a moment where he realizes, like, oh, crap, I've been manipulated. uh, And he passes off, you know, some supreme power to his son. And he has not not any redemption, but just a moment of, oh, crap, I'm the villain. Um, Mm -hmm. That's very well done. I enjoyed it. But not everything has to be like that. Not everything has
1: to be Darth Vader. Sometimes you can just be the original Darth Maul Mm -hmm. from episode one.
0: No, just the original Darth Maul at all. Or just Darth Maul. Darth Maul as a character never really does anything redeemable. Yeah. He just wants to be rich and powerful. Uh, And that is absolutely fine. And he is a cool motherfucker for it.
1: Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening to the ramblings of these two mad men. We'll have new episodes out roughly each week. Uh, Please leave a comment if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, if you have any general commentary, or if you have your own personal villain uh, that you find particularly reasonable or relatable. And uh, yes, we'll see you around. Bye.